From the Dice Abide Live studios, it's Late Night War Games with your hosts, Adam and John. Hey! <laughs> so, uh, tonight we're joined by the more handsome and classy version of Adam, Pete. Um, Adam is feeling a little bit under the weather, so um, he's taking the night off, so it's us tonight. Um, welcome, Pete. Thank you for joining us on relatively short notice. I appreciate you being Thanks here. Thanks for yeah, so you may know Pete uh, from the Dragama campaign and, of course, Operation Hungry Walrus as UFA 23. Um, and uh, I myself am John, also known as Wise Kensai, also known as Foolish Ashigaru. Um, so those are the things. Um, yeah. So what do you what do you uh, what do you having for a drink tonight? I have some uh, Campbelltown Lock whiskey here, single malt. Well, actually, it's not. It's a blended malt scotch and uh, a little water in it nice that's awesome i am having a negroni uh made by my lovely wife and uh yeah that's that's what we're doing so cheers i'll pretend to be the soundboard that adam pushes Kampai. Kampai. oh man delicious that's good stuff yeah so without further ado let's go ahead and talk about some news um so a few things have happened. One is that um, Akron Fall has a Let's Play video out on, on Tabletop. So if you're interested, you can go check that out. Um, it's the same folks that have been talking about the end song uh, stuff. If you've, you've seen that, it's a Ramper Designs, right? So that's the thing you can check out. It's a spaceship game. Um, one, of the big, one of the big draws about it is it is that they have the whole uh, vectored movement for the spaceship. So I haven't, I haven't personally looked at it yet. I haven't time today, uh, time today to dig into it, um, but I'm excited to have a look. Um, it seems to be more situated as a, a sort of uh, board game style thing. Um, so if if you want to play with spaceships in board game form, that's that's the where where to do it. Um, okay. So as far as some other sponsor related news, we've got DreamPod Nine. They've just released the Aller, right? So here's the various flavors of Aller. You have the the stock model, the naval support, the hardy, and of course the verter, which is built on the, the same chassis. Um, new, improved, uh, available for purchase, if not now, very soon. Uh, I think it's late, later in the month um, is, is coming up. Uh, and one of the nice things that you can do now is because of all the f fancy new technology enabled by 3D modeling and uh, 3D printing, you can actually have the crew compartment open. So they're actually going to include the little, the dude in his uh, crash couch um, that you can put in there and, and have him visible. Or if you don't want, you can keep it closed like it was in the old model, apparently. Um, and just for some size comparisons, for those of you who have Clems and Allers already, you can sort of see at the bottom of this image a size comparison. So it's the old Clem from left to right, the old Clem, the new Clem, the old Aller, the new Aller. So... There's definitely a size creep happening. Uh, everything is embiggened and better. Um, and coming to a DP9 store near you soon. So you, you can get that shipped directly to you from lovely Canada. Um, what else we got going on? Punga has released the uh, the next bit of the, the Norgal team, right? So there's a swarm of decay and you've got the, the biggins now, uh, which is always a good time and all kinds of gross things to paint all the all the griblies and so on so if you if you are looking for yet another blood bowl team we all know adam is um you can go ahead and pick one up 
uh, over at Pungit Miniatures. So that's pretty pretty rad. And finally, going uh, circling back to Corvus Belly, uh, we've got um, the uh, tag raid shipment dates, right? So if you go to Kickstarter, you can go check this out. You can read it in more detail. Effectively, the deal is um, stuff is leaving China on August 11th, and everybody in the world will get it sometime in September-ish time frame, right? So just looking at this, uh, it apparently is going to take from August 11th to September 16th to go from China to Vigo, uh, Spain, where CB is, of course, um, and everybody else is going to get it roughly around the same time. So the Brits are getting it in Liverpool on the 20th of September, uh, and you know they're saying that uh, the quartermaster quartermaster for lack of a better term uh is is their logistics company is going to get everything around uh, september 20th in the us too and then apparently um australia and uh asia and oceania are going to get their stuff similar time frame so um that's going to be exciting i hope somebody will want to sell their nomad beast hunter to me so that'll be a good time but that's that's what's going on over there I'm unreasonably excited to get the little Eugene robot dog because I want that oh. for a CN bot. Nice. That'll be pretty rad. I'm excited to see what you do with that. Um, oh, and then, of course, if you're interested in uh, doing the Roman Academy things, just a quick reminder, this quarter, right, we moved to a quarterly format now, uh, figure out a way to break a link without using brute force, right? So either send an AD troop, a impersonator, a... Uh, infiltrator, something, something different, right? Don't just throw a linked HMG at it. Find a, a lateral, a lateral attack path, right? So actually, this is this is very uh, timely. I just got a message on Reddit a few days ago uh, about one of my battle reports where two of my sin eaters just like obliterated uh, a Boig, um, a fully linked fusilier sniper, and finally got taken down by a Karhu Führerbach in a link, um, and. For lack of a really, I guess if you want to really think about the numbers, a Sin Eater multi-sniper with marksmanship is a five-man link with a Mimetism sniper in it. That's what it is. It just costs less um, in every respect, including Swick. Um, so there are other ways to deal with that, right? Um, Solarheima has a hard time because uh, they don't really have any much much in the way of AD troops. So, um, but there are there are ways to deal with it, right? You can you can find some some sort of alternate path to to address the issue. So think think about some some lateral attack pattern you can employ to get rid of Link. That's what this, this mission is about. And then of course painting for this quarter is going to be peripherals. The intent is to print you know to paint the 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 Yud bots and the PAL bots and the Zon bots and the Nazmats and all those things, right? So um, if you have painted all of them already and you're moving into another army, or you'd rather paint something like an antipode that has the peripheral tag, that's also acceptable. Um, and we certainly are not gonna judge based on that, but uh, you know, the, the, the spirit of the competition is to, is to paint the little helper bot for the Doctor Engineer. If you end up painting Batard from Comrade and Batard, absolutely fine, we'd love to see those too. So I think that's it for the news. So speaking of painting uh, pretty models, let's take a look at what you've been up to, Pete. So tell me about your blue wolf. Well, yeah, it's a blue wolf. <laughs> it's It's been taking a while. I laid down all the airbrush stuff uh, probably a year ago and then got intimidated by doing the, the non-metallic metal, which is what generally happens to me. I know I'm going to have to sit there poking at it with all the 
the white highlights and, and get everything looking good. I finally got around to starting it somehow and I'm just trying to work away at it like half an hour at a time and, and get on with it. So I've got the neck moved up from the legs, kind of remembered how to hold my brush and uh, I'm the neck's mostly done. So yeah, it's beautiful. It'll get, and I've got to start putting some freehand detail and yeah. get the yellow highlighted up as well, but that's much easier than the metal. Mm. Surprising, so, right? Because yellow is always so difficult. I, th I think I've got the yellow down now, but it's mm -hmm. just yeah, trying to figure out how the light's going to hit all of these reflective surfaces. is It's hard. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's looking fantastic. I really like what you've done with the, the left arm here. It looks really good. Yeah, there's those little uh, lumps have got to turn into bulbs, I think, on it and do a bit of lighting effects. And Oh, I see. Gotcha, gotcha. So yeah, maybe a little like OSL a, light sources. Yeah, I, I guess I'm kind of going close to the, the studio paint scheme on this, mm -hmm. but my yellow formula is a bit different. It always comes out a bit more sort of golden yellow. Mm -hmm. It looks great, though. Yeah, yeah <laughs> I like it. <laughs> yeah, it looks really good. I haven't any time to paint, but uh, uh, Obi just visited us, so he brought with us some lovely uh, 3D printed bits. So thanks again to Nick, who printed these out for me. Um, I needed a new moderator boarding shotgun, because that's a new profile that happened with the Bakunin update, uh, and it's really good. Um, so I wanted a model to represent that. Uh, this is the this is a kit bash of the hacker and the pitcher moderator because I already have a, I have the old pitcher moderator so I could use the head, um, and I don't like the hacker head and so I sort of use the bits from the hacker to do this and so I sort of see this as like the the mod hand like stop in the name of the law kind of pose, um, and I actually that that the uh, the right hand is supposed to be carrying a combi which I raided for another project so she has no hand right now and so I've sort of stabilize the joint um, with some super glue to her pistol. And when I finally get around to being brave enough to attempt some kind of very rudimentary green stuffing, um, I will I will build, I will use that super glue as an armature to sort of build a hand holding the butt of the pistol. Um, sort of just, you know, traditional cop pose, I guess. Um, yeah, you've got a good pose going, so. Yeah. Yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's a fun pose. The head is really weird. One of the weird things about that moderator box is um, it's very Guardians. Well, first of all, it's Guardians of the Galaxy stuff. But second of all, uh, the heads are really kind of at like cockamamie angles. It's really strange. So I actually uh, shaved a bunch of the joint away in the back. Like her collar is hidden by the hair anyway. So I shaved a bunch of it down to sort of get it to seat a little more the way I think a human being's head would sit. Um, but it's still not quite right, but it, it's good enough for government work. Um, mm -hmm. And then also courtesy of Nick is this uh, Gator mod, which I came up with. Uh, when I saw the first Gator render and then, of course, the actual finished model, uh, I absolutely hated the the huge cantilevered HMG. Um, it just drove me nuts. Uh, everything about it screamed uh, <laughs> awkward and bad mechanical engineering to me. Um, and so I, I, just, I just couldn't couldn't handle it. Uh, I, I wanted to play with the model, though, because the rest of the model looks rad. Um, and it has an EMCCW, and I said, you know what is a great EMCCW proxy is the Halo Grav Hammer. Um, so I had I found a, a still online, I had Nick printed up, and he's 
what a scholar and a gentleman. He actually printed up six gravity hammers for me, one uh, in three different scales, and then each scale had two different versions. One that was complete, like you know, uh, you know, head to tail, um, and then one that was like separate out into bits in case I needed to like do some kit bashing. So. So considerate. Um, it takes a lot of time to set up plates and stuff. Even though you know he's an expert, uh, it's just I just wanted to just shout shout out Nick and really thank him for putting in the time and effort um, to to do that. Um, and so here's some other views of it. You know, one of the I'm really really pleased. Sorry, good. It looks so good, and you yeah. managed to get able to hook up to the uh, the hammer as well. Yes. So that's actually you know, Taskmaster's uh, ammo belt which I uh, reposed and sort of finagled into the armature that was supposed to be helping the gator cantilever the HMG out. Um, and so that's sort of what I did there. Yeah, it, it, it's, it's pretty rad. I'm, I'm pretty excited about, uh, <laughs> about it. Makes me a little sad that there was like sort of a casting defect in like the front chest plate, but I'll, I'll sort of paint it up as some battle damage um, and that'll be, that'll be fine. Yeah. That's it for uh, that's it for hobby. Um, gee, I, yeah, I, my yeah. hobby's so slower than Adams. He always churns out about fifty oh, things. I so. know, right? So he's not here right now. So uh, <laughs> I I have the I have I haven't loaded up the image, um, <laughs> but the image is literally like fifty things, <laughs> and, and so because because you know it, the time is precious in in the show, right? He's actually like combine all the images into one image right so so like I, i'll just show it because right it's just because it's so funny uh, let me pull this out here we go so yeah here's here's adam's hobby <laughs> it's just like, <laughs> like make a thousand things yeah I just, i've made a thousand things they're too like it's just it's just too much effort to to like tab through multiple slides of it he's just like does me a solid and like puts them all in one image. It's just he's like, I know I'm the problem, so I'm gonna try to fix it for you guys. Here you go. <laughs> it's very appreciated. But it's just just classic Adam. Um, yeah, but, but I think one of the things that we do get to do that Adam doesn't get to do is actually play games. So uh, I don't know if you want to talk about uh, your ISS game recently. I'm actually practicing for a tournament with ISS, so I'm curious to hear how your your game uh, power pack went. Yeah, so I took uh, Vanilla Yujing up to the RCR and then came back and decided to try out some lists I've been kicking around for um, uh, for ISS. So one of the things that's occurred to me recently is that um, it, the Sujan, I'm using it all the time in Vanilla these days. I used to think ISS was the way to run a Sujan, but... Um, now it, it just seems like without the NCO duo and the engineer tagging along with it, it's really hard mode to be running it in ISS. Mm, okay. so it was, I mean, you can. I think probably the Spitfire Sujan works better in ISS because you can keep your distance. You don't have to run into uh, yeah. uh, you know, EM mines and things to, to get into a good range for your gun. Um, and, and if you are going to do that, well, you want an engineer six inches behind you anyway. So. Mm -hmm. Having a Sofatect and having to take a Sofatect in ISS doesn't always feel perfectly right. Yeah. Um, so what I kicked around and, and turned up in uh, in ISS that doesn't get much table time in vanilla is the the LT2 
Sien. Right. Because the model is incredible. First oh, of all, yeah. the multi-rifle CN model is just the best thing. And um, yeah, trying to get a few extra orders into an ISS list. You've got your your link teams and you can take Quangxi links and two Harrises, but you don't really get uh, any NCO. So I was thinking, why not just run that LT2 CN on its own? And then maybe take some chain of command in a in a Harris. So I've got the uh, the pheasant there with two Dakini multi sniper rifles. I mean, um, that's that's the place to put the extra swick for sure. Yeah. So you get some extra swick, and then you get the CN that you can kind of use as a rocket, both to uh, charge out across the table. That's the specialist operative profile, so he can actually go and uh, boot buttons on his own and shoot anything on, that that gets in the way while he's trying to do that. Uh, and this, so I took this against uh, Ben, who's a, a local of ours trying to pick up and learn O12, and we played Power Pack together. And it went fairly well. I think the CN did do what it was intended to do, even though it was in a saturation zone. So I didn't see it really killing a lot of things, but it was able to get out and win firefights and hit two of the Power Pack buttons in the middle of the table. I think the the game really depended on um, Major Luna getting a little bit lucky because the, the O12 had uh, an Epsilon across the table and he went first and was about to kill both my Dakinis mm. and I decided I didn't want that to happen and pop Luna out to take one shot at the Epsilon across the table and he was taking one shot back through the sat zone at Luna. And uh, I think he had MSV2 versus MSV1 out of smoke right. or into smoke. And I just won the dice off and the Epsilon went unconscious. And then I had the Dakini covering the table in one direction and Luna kind of, well, she was keyholing the Epsilon a little bit so she wouldn't get in too much trouble with other stuff. But I, I really had the table locked down with the Dakini. Yeah, and, that's pretty brutal. And yeah, it... But it freed things up for the CN to go out and do things, and uh, I managed to to win the game then. It could easily have gone the other way if I'd lost Luna, and then he deleted the other Dakini, and it would have been really hard for me, I think. So, uh, lucky, lucky beats smart, though, luck sometimes. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yes. And I feel it's been interesting. Um, I've been playing a lot of Infinity in tournaments lately, uh, and I find it's pretty reasonable to keep your forces alive with other factions but with iss you're sort of encouraged to just sacrifice stuff and that's kind of the play maybe it's just the list i've been building or the way i've been approaching them but i feel a much higher rate of attrition with iss than other factions i've tried yeah um yeah, you don't have many quality ARO pieces. The the Dakini are great, but they can't handle being shot through smoke. Mm -hmm. Luna Luna's great, but often you end up kind of using her, or I kind of use her as an ARO piece, because I know she's got the camo. She probably will soak up one or two orders if people are trying to discover her. Mm -hmm. And sometimes she just goes on a mad binge and kills things. So I'm much more likely to throw her under the bus in ISS because I need to stop uh, stop things alpha striking me somehow. Yeah, then that I makes sense. Say with Nauf and Vanilla, where you've got um, yeah. uh, 
various other long hours and whatnot that you can throw under the bus way before you put something else out. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, I guess, you know, take a look in as a point of comparison. Um, this is what I took against Jordan. Um, so this is an ISS list, which I called chill vibes because it is not chill. Um, mm -hmm. But it basically has, uh, I, I sort of wanted to approach the same um, prompt more or less. It's like, what's not often taken in ISS? And so I, I wanted to try a crane. And so I took a crane with Spitfire because it seemed fun. Um, and then two Dakini, one multi-sniper, one paramedic, because I sort of wanted to be able to move up. This is also for Biotech 4. Uh, and so the, the odds were I might need a paramedic to do the, like the classified or something. The usual Quang Shi blob. And then group two is um, all the robots. So double double TR bot, a missile bot, um, the FO bot, and then CN multi-marksman with tin bot uh, covering the Zhang Ying, and then, uh, and then uh, Miranda Ashcroft, who I love. Um, yeah, she's really fun. Unfortunately for me, this was against this list, uh, which is Hector, Machion, and Myrmidon in uh, in a core. Hippolyta, double Myrmidon in another core. And then the Hoplite, Red Fury, Scylla, um, uh, Charbatus, uh robot thing, and then Penny uh, for, for his list. And it was on the airplane table. <laughs> so so I'm, I'm neg 12 to start before range mods. <laughs> so it's just... That's it's just miserable, um, and so I it was it was such a I haven't written the battle report yet, but it was like massively uh, all about attrition. the the big The big play of the game was uh, Hippolyta is kind of out in the open. I'm shooting at her with the crane on terrible numbers because she's in low low vis saturation in cover, and um, I don't have triangular fire because I'm the Spitfire crane, right? So I'm on like fours or something terrible. Um, and um, yeah, it was just, it was just, it was just awful. So I rolled terrible. She crit me. I took a wound and then on, I tried again. She chucks smoke. She's got eclipse. So I can't even like abuse the Sien to get in there. Uh, and I was like, well, I have two Dakini. They move fast um, and I'm pretty close. And presumably the crane might beat her on burst three. So <laughs> I roll the crane into close combat and immediately die. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, the crane, I, I want to take cranes more. I, I probably take the crane hacker more than I take the, the Spitfire. Mm. It's just, even though it's burst five and he's got good BS, he's not good at shooting heavily armored things and he's not good at shooting things with Viz mods and not good at shooting things that... Uh, outrange him so you kind of a lot of the hard targets and the, the things you want your high burst weapons to take down he struggles with yeah He's really bullying stuff like if you can get a spitfire crane on a rampage across to take out the softer targets yeah he can kill a lot of stuff mm -hmm. but if he's like your primary gunfighter he just can't really hack it against uh, some of the heavy stuff he'll run into yeah, and that was sort of my finding. I just had a, I did, I just didn't have enough teeth in the list um, because everything just sort of died because uh, I, you know, the TR bot's not going to stop steel when they have an additional minus three. Um, so then I played another game uh, with Frostbite because I was trying, I'm trying to design a list to cover both, and so this was my um, my take on it. And so this is the 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 uh, triangulated fire crane, which sort of solves some of the issues we were just talking about. Also on the airplane table, so not really, 
you're on tens out to you know whatever, but uh, you're on burst two, which kind of sucks. I uh, kept the Dakini multi sniper, and because I just felt, I mean, I I allowed myself to overcorrect a little bit because um, ISS does have a lot of access to MSP two, and I said, well, what if what what would it look like if if I just like went ham on that? So I took a Deva with Spitfire that actually was very relevant to this game. Um, and the, uh, <laughs> huh? and a CN and a bow. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. So, so then I have the the Celestial Guard, and then spoiler alert, right? We have the CN uh, with multi rifle, the same profile that you took, but not the lieutenant one. A bow multi sniper with MSV2, Zanyang, and then uh, two TR bots and a missile bot, and that clocks in at eight and a half swick, which is pretty funny, <laughs> I thought. Um, and this is this was against uh, Morat, so you've got a, a Kornak link. Uh, a pile of Gaki uh, to, with an Ozat to power everything, two drop troops, a Razjet, and a, and a drop suit, and then um, the the dream team of Yaogat, uh, Anyat, um, and something else, right? And so this this was basically an exercise in getting the crane killed uh, because I got the the Razjet dropped on it and I couldn't beat it in close combat. Not my I didn't try it this time. It just it just came in and and beat it up. Um, so I was in loss for both games, which was exciting. Did you manage to get the Zhanyang to fight the uh, the Razyat? I did not get the Zhanyang to fight the the Razyat. What, uh, I what... one of those Taser Razyat before, and just <laughs> with the minus <laughs> yeah, six yeah. weapon. That's great. Yeah, my 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 solution, I think, was just to Spitfire it in the face uh, with mm -hmm. the um, uh, with the Deva, and then he actually pushed Kornak pretty hard into that pocket, and I just uh, he he. He didn't finish the run, and so I I was able to swing back with the diva, and that uh, was enough, um, and that sort of collapsed everything. Um, but yeah, that was also that was also a rough game to be to start in loss of lieutenant with. Um, I'm just yeah. I'm just lucky that I had eight and a half swake worth of guns, so <laughs> it it worked out. Um, yeah. yeah, it's it's so awkward that you can have that CN specialist operative LT two profile. Mm -hmm. But you just can't spend the orders on it unless you leave him on his own. Yeah. Um, and in any other mission lineup, I would be happy to do that. And it's also funny with ISS, you've got eight and a half SWIC there. It doesn't really feel like four SWIC of an area in a sectorial. So. Right. I know. Like, There's no uh, AP, really. Yeah, you're, you're really relying on the multi-rifles for AP. Um, the multi-sniper, you don't really get AP because... The only thing you want to engage with AP is anything armed or up, and mm -hmm. so that's tag range. At that point, there are other ways to deal with tags. You probably don't want to be facing it off in a direct firefight anyway. Um, so yeah, it's 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 a ISS is an is a is an interesting place. Uh, the last time I played them a while ago was TR a triple TR bot and then like duos only, but I was trying to be hipster, and so I haven't really given them like an honest try. Uh, and so I'm sort of swinging in now and trying to figure them out because um, you know I I just haven't really played them very much. It's been fun, but it feels weird, right? I think I think that that observation that for like four swick of Ariadna hits way harder than eight and a half swick of ISS is yeah. is a very weird place to be, but it's it's where we are, right? Yeah, strange place for sure. Um, um, but maybe they'll change up soon. Who knows what drops in with the uh, yeah. ensemble. Yes. Yeah, literally drops in, right? Mm -hmm. um, but I think you have uh, so just sort of switch 
switch gears a little bit. I think you have some movie recommendations. Oh, well, yeah, more like Netflix shows and things, but we did get to some. Yeah. Really. So we're doing the, the media bit. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I just watched American Born Chinese, and um, this is a funny little show because it's, it's on the Disney Channel. It feels like it should be one of their Marvel shows, but it's not Marvel. Mm. In fact, the, the kid in the show has a bunch of DC superhero posters on his wall, and you're like, wait, no, is this the right channel still? Oh, wow, that's weird. Yeah, it's really surreal. And it's got um, a couple of the characters, uh, the, the actors, oh, I'm forgetting the names now, which is why I'm terrible at this, but the um, uh, Michelle Yeoh and Ki-Hu Kwan. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, they were at the top of this. That's great. Um, who were in uh, everything. Everything, every- everywhere, all at once. Yeah. So they make some appearances. And then so does uh, Sun Wukong. So all the Journey Journey to the West characters. Oh, from yes, yes. Monkey King. Chinese literature and Dragon Ball Z and everything else are, are in here. So when, when, uh, when forces so, collide, yeah, right? Yeah, little uh, kid in high school makes friends with uh, the Monkey King's son who's on a quest mm-hmm. to retrieve the, uh, the his magical staff. Yeah, that's all that that feels like, you know, for those of you unfamiliar with uh traditional Chinese literature, like that's that's the trope of, of that of that character. He's always losing his stupid staff and like you know, go get it. And then I mean of course then the staff can also be a hair on his head and he can like miniaturize it. So it's like this this whole it's this whole thing. Yeah. But it's uh yeah, the the staff can shrink all the way down and then suddenly turns into this super invulnerable weapon yeah it's it's crazy it's very op for sure and then and then you've got the uh steven yun and ali wong series i called beef right i i saw an ad uh the trailer for that it looked fun yeah that's really fun it's um it goes to a very dark place it starts off just with the two of these characters um having a road rage incident and uh, swearing at each other and then chasing each other's car down the road and then it escalates into a bigger and bigger sort of vendetta between the two of them. She's uh, a richer character who has is uh, selling her business to a, a billionaire, basically. And he's a down-on-his-luck contractor who, um, yeah, just he's, he's kind of a borderline criminal, or his family, his cousin is. And between the two of them, they they get in stupider and stupider fights until really ridiculous stuff happens at the end of the series. But they're both really entertaining to watch, and uh, it's good times or, nice. or terrible times for them. But <laughs> yeah, right. Entertaining yeah. to watch. Yeah, my wife and I need to need to find a new show, so we we might take a look, check that one out. Sounds fun. That's um, really okay. Well, we're almost to the feature, but before that, we have to give away some free stuff. So we're gonna do that. Um, so of course our sponsor for the evening is as, as usual, Shiv games, the best smelling store in Kaiser, Oregon. Um, and uh, we're, uh, we're giving away an Eldari Autark. So there's a new, a new kit that's out, which is sort of a repack of the Autark from some other like big box release. Um, and so, so Jeff is, is, uh, doing his usual, Excellent job of trolling us and giving away everything except for infinity things. 
So if that sounds appealing to you or you just want some free stuff from Jeff, um, go ahead and type Slanesh into the chat for your chance to win a Eldari Autark. Um, or yeah. vote a Chaos God by accident, maybe. Yeah, or, or just, yeah, that's fine. Everything's fine. That's, that's what, you know, he, she wants. But, um, yeah, right. Exactly. Um, but... I think this is how the fall of the Eldar actually happened. Yeah, right now. We're, we're seeing it live, live yeah, on everyone Twitch. Everyone types Lamesh into chat. Yes, in exactly. So while, while making sure I, I had the, uh, the spelling right, because I wanted to, you know, not screw it up live, uh, apparently it's the uh, it's a it's a um, perversion of slaneth, which is the Eldari term meaning ecstasy or pleasure. Um, and well, sla is ecstasy or pleasure, and neth is 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 lord. So that's from the Warhammer 40k fandom, uh, which is of course the um, <laughs> the uh, source of all truth on on 40k. I'm sure. But all right, I'm gonna go ahead and hit the button and see who who wins the thing. Here we go. Hey, congratulations to Obi. Uh, this summer is this summer is really looking up for Obi. Um, so Obi, you know how to get in touch with Jeff. I'll let you I'll let you bug him for your free 40k model. Winning all the things, eh? Winning, winning all the things. All right. Well, with that, let's get straight into. The hungriest of walruses. Oh yeah, winning things. Yeah. Okay. So, um, those of you who don't know, uh, Operation Hungry Walrus is a uh, fan-made campaign, much like the recent Dragama campaign, um, and it's put on by three guys from Italy, and they call themselves a, a tale of um, of miniatures and dice or some such, right? And it's just a labor of love. Um, and, and they've put a lot of effort into it. Um, it ran for a couple of weeks, but yeah, why, why don't you want to, uh, you, like, I, I wanted to play in it. Uh, unfortunately I had some family emergencies to handle like right in the middle of it. So I couldn't actually get involved at all. Um, but you know, Pete, uh, played a bunch in it. And as a result of hanging out with Pete a lot online, I got, uh, the, uh, sort of a front row seat to all the shenanigans and and the fun yeah, to be had. Stop telling you about it, would I? Yeah. So yeah, you had to hear about it, and uh, and I haven't still haven't stopped. It was it was really really fun, um, considering th this was just a, a fan made event. Uh, there was a little uh, interaction from Corvus Belly. I think Heloise donated a mission to them, but so it uh, it was a six week long roughly campaign there were uh, two phases about three weeks long and then they took a, a they declared a ceasefire in the middle of those two so they had a few days to to sort of reflect on how the first phase had done release the results and uh prepare their narrative and what they were doing for the second phase which is it's really smart. I think if, if anything, they could have gone a little bit longer with that. And I wish CB when they do their campaigns, if they give a bit of time for players in, uh, in the campaigns to actually repair their relationships with their spouses and employers before they right. playing as many games as they possibly can for the next phase, that'd be great. 
So yeah, that that was really good timing, and it um, it meant there were a few weekends as well. People could, could get games in over, I think, three weekends. Maybe they were just under three week phases, but there were three weekends in each of them. Mm. Um, and it uh, th- that was good schedule. There were nine um, theaters, nine nine places to fight your uh, battles in with a different mission in each of those theaters in phase one and in phase two. Um, you could uh, report, you could play battles against anyone you wanted, reporting those battles so that they, they would score in the campaign was really straightforward. So there was just a Google form. You had to go to their website and fill in, um, say who won, who lost, um, OP, yeah, the usual tournament. Like you're reporting for a tournament, basically. Well, actually, easier than that. They didn't really care about victory points for this. Mm. But they did care about, you know, win-lose and objective points scored. Okay. So they, they kept a tally of all the objective points, which was were then... Uh, they, they turned them into something called influence points. Um, so as well as just knowing which faction had the most wins on each of the theatres, you also had... Uh, all of the objective points scored by each faction on those um, theaters, which meant that, you know, if um, say NA2 and uh, Nomads had played three games each and had three wins and had nine um, points on there, then who had scored more objective points on the, on the correct missions for the um, theater would actually be a tiebreaker. Mm. That was really good, especially considering for this versus, um, Say a CB campaign, there'd be a lot more battles. In this, there could be in some of the theaters, you know, only a handful of battles because there's a lot fewer players. Um, so having that tiebreak mechanic in there was smart. Yeah. Um, so over the the whole campaign, they had about 150 battles. So uh, the there weren't as many people playing in this as in a Corvus Belly official campaign. The stakes were lower, mm-hmm. um, and it was people who really enjoy playing in narrative campaigns who are coming and playing. So there wasn't as much worrying about people cheating um, or you know just spamming battle reports um, that there would be in the official campaigns where some t- um, the stakes are higher and people think it's going to affect official Corvus Belly fluff yeah, that was kind of off the table, so we didn't have to worry about it. Um, all of the battles players shared their battle report links just in a Discord, so people were kind of engaged in a community together um, online. There were photos of the battles, uh, links, some really good narrative got written. Some players are great writers. Um, I guess in scale, though, the there were about, with 150 battles being played for this, jumping backwards a bit, this is kind of on scale of an event as a large tournament, say something like the Rose City Raid, mm-hmm. rather than something, even though it's worldwide and it's sucked in players from all over all over the world, there's, um, yeah, m- much smaller volume of people playing in this, but it's still kind of a big undertaking even to organize a, a tournament of that size and to get that yeah. many people playing on the same page. So uh, even though it's it's a different scale, but it's it's still pretty pretty big thing to have organized. And uh, the guys who did it 
did a great job. Yeah, I mean, just to look at the numbers, just so people have a sense of the what scale we're talking about, right? So Rose City was like let's say forty people. We had we had spot, spots for like fifty two, um, but you know there were just always drops. Um, and so if it's forty people, that's basically um, twenty. 20 people worth of games, right? Because you need two people per game. And then there's five rounds. So that's like roughly 100 games, maybe a little bit more because we had, I think, more than 40. Maybe it was like 45 or something. And so that's getting close to the 150. Um, and I can tell you from personal experience, running even a league at your local game store with like eight people and trying to herd the cats into getting you a battle report in like two weeks. Like, of like you have two weeks to figure this out. You all live within, you know, 15 minutes to 30 minutes of this game store. Please play. Please punch it into the back. Please punch it into the Google form, and then inevitably you have somebody like, "Oh, can I just IM you the thing in Discord?" I'm like, "Sure, fine." <laughs> so, so, and then like you know, like, "Oh, I can't. You know, my cat is sick, or my you know, whatever." It's just, it's just a, a huge pain in the butt. So, kudos to the team for for making it work out. Uh, and across time zones, language boundaries, right? Like different countries, different continents, making it all work. I mean, they, they were, we'll hear directly from them. Actually, we've, uh, one of the, one of the nice things about this particular show is earlier today, cause they're offset from, you know, a time zone that Pete and I are in by about nine hours. So, uh, I basically moved my lunch break an hour later and did an interview with the, uh, the guys running the campaign for about an hour or so. So we'll get to hear directly from, um, from them what it was like. Yeah. I'm excited to see that. Um, one of the, so going into this, it, it was kind of obvious being a smaller campaign, being community run that it, you know, it didn't have Corvus Belly behind it. It didn't have the art. It didn't have the, uh, um, maybe the, the same production quality that you'd expect from a, a game company studio putting out missions and everything. But they did manage a few things really, really well that kind of changed this up from the the narrative campaigns we've been seeing from Corvus Belly, and and to me actually made it a little more exciting. Um, first of all, because there were less people involved, um, individual players kind of had more of an impact. There weren't those players running away and playing forty battles in a weekend and just turning everything over. Things progressed, people could maneuver in the campaign and decide where they were going to attack and where they were going to play their battles. And most of the people playing made an impact. Then um, the, the best thing, though, was that there were actually objectives in this campaign. They set um, two objectives per faction that would be theaters. If that faction dominated them, they would score double in those. And then the those objectives were secret at the start of the campaign, and they kind of teased uh, or left clues to them in um, narrative drops that came out every couple of days throughout the campaign. So if you read those narrative drops and got an idea of the characters in them or the agendas of your faction in uh, in New Hypatia, which is the, the setting for the entire thing, um, then you could steer your campaign, uh, steer your faction to attack in the right place and uh, try and steal a lead. And uh, I guess, of course, Eugene won this being the... Uh, well, I mean, with, with the, the capable leadership uh, <laughs> guiding them, right? I, well, I of, of the, uh, the Eugene Crisis Committee, there's, there's several experienced generals who 
one of the, the great things about playing Yujing in narrative campaigns is that the same group of people seem to jump on them and really enjoy getting together and playing in these campaigns. So um, as soon as I mentioned that there was a campaign, everyone was like, yeah, let's get the gang together and, uh, and go and do this. Yeah. Um, and they did. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm sad I wasn't there to represent the nomads. I, uh, I definitely wish I could have, but yeah, alas. Nomad, a little bit headless this time around. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> they were but, uh, <laughs> I'm not sure they knew what they were doing. They were yeah. just landing, landing ships wherever and trying to take over things. Yes, I mean that. That's the nomad way. Everybody, every, you know, each for their own. Um, but I guess with that, why don't we throw it over to the guys and and we'll we'll hear directly from the team that ran the event or the uh, the the campaign how how it went. So uh, we'll be back afterwards to give a little bit more of the player perspective. But so. We wanted to sort of explain what it was, get the runner, uh, the showrunner perspective, I guess, and then on to uh, we'll, we'll circle back later uh, with um, the player perspective from Pete. So we'll see you in uh, about 52 minutes. All right. Hello, everyone. I'm here with the Tale of Miniatures and Dice team who are responsible for Operation Hungry Walrus. Do you want to go ahead and introduce yourselves, guys? Who wants to go first? <laughs> Uh, <laughs> uh, maybe me? Sure, sounds uh, good. Okay, uh, I am Andrea. Uh, I currently live in Milan, in Italy, and I share this passion for wargaming with Filippo and Francesco, uh, one of my two best friends. Uh, and during our year, we try to make our best effort to, you know, uh, roll some dice and spend some uh, really good time together. And Infinity is definitely uh, uh, a good uh, a good uh, 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 option, you know, to spend a good night uh, together, maybe one once in a while. So yeah, do you guys play weekly or? No, no, not for me. Uh, gotcha. Maybe Francesco and Filippo, uh, who lives uh, closer, mm. uh, but I, I'm quite sure not weekly. For me, it's like once every two months, more or less. Oh wow! It depends. Yeah, it depends on the period. Uh, yeah, during the year, maybe once. Yeah, every two months, more or less. Got it. Well, we're... it's, it's like between six and uh, ten games every year. Got it. Yeah. Well, it's it's uh, pretty, plays. pretty pretty awesome that uh, you you are uh, in part of this big team that uh, put together this really ambitious project and, and that's uh you know shows how much you guys like the game sorry you're about to say Filippo. uh but we have to say andrea plays uh, fully painted and uh, quite nicely so he compensates oh there you go yeah that's that's the that's the good way to look at it right anytime you can't spend uh playing you can spend painting so yeah uh, very nice and by the way, I take the chance to introduce myself. I'm Filippo, uh, OSS and Shazvasti player. And uh, yeah, pretty excited to be here tonight. Oh, congratulations. <laughs> thank, you for, thank you for being here. Uh, Francesco? Yeah, sure. Yeah, last, last not least, I guess. Uh, my, yeah, my name is Francesco and uh, mostly play uh, Nomads, actually. Tunguska mainly, and and I recently also dipped into Akislam oh, a little nice. bit. Yeah, and uh, yeah, actually, to be honest, just a bit of additional piece of information. I think it was uh, the 
the, the responsible for, for uh, uh, pulling these, these two other gentlemen into infinity. So, um, yeah, I, 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 let's say, take my, the, let's say the pride to, yeah. to, to put the bug in the ears, you know, and, uh, right. and uh, yeah, uh, so that's, that's like, I'm pretty happy how this evolved. And to the point that, you know, they were so into the, the game and the lore and so on to, to actually propose such a, uh, a project, you know, to why don't we do a global campaign? You know, this is the age of the internet and yeah. there is so much connection and, you know, possibility to play not only physical, but on tabletop, uh, you know, virtual tabletop as well. And so yes. we just went for it and it was pretty exciting. Well, that's awesome. Well, that's a good good lead into to what is Operation Hungry Walrus, right? So, a little bit of a spoiler alert, right? We know who won, but uh, what was the what was the initial <laughs> vision for for the campaign? For, for once, they actually got <laughs> yeah got some yeah. satisfaction. Exactly. Yeah, sorry. Well, the the vision, I, uh, everything started, I think, uh, last year, uh, August actually. So uh, 2022, uh, Durgamo was over, and uh, we started toying around with uh, the possibility of uh, playing with uh, um, a similar frame. And so we started looking into who could we call uh, if there were enough content creators around uh, Italy, uh, maybe in Europe, uh, to get into and to uh, plan with missions with. And so we started looking into how to do it, the sites, uh, all the data management. Yeah, so I, I think that Durgama, we can say Durgama sparked uh, up the possibility. Yeah, I, I really enjoyed playing in Durgama myself. And so uh, I can definitely understand the desire to play more. I think that's some of the, the most fun I've had playing Infinity, just uh, discussing just strategy or, or the game. It really brings people who don't play very often back out into the scene. And so it's a, a really good way of just encouraging people to have a good time. Um, and so I remember when I first, um, I think, I forget who reached out to me, uh, but you know, you were asking content creators to, to write some missions for you. And uh, internally to you know, our group of friends who play Infinity, we've had a lot of discussions about um, potential problems with with the way things like Dragama were structured and uh, our potential fixes to them. Of course, you know, given infinite time and resources and all that kind of thing. Um, I was wondering if you had any thoughts on um, the kind of things that you wanted to change about the way uh, the official sort of campaigns were run to sort of make it more um, narrative focused. Because it, it sounds like I, I sort of, I was telling um, the guys uh, before the call started that, um, you know, I had some family members, uh, matters to attend to, so I wasn't able to participate this time. Um, but, you know, I, I guess what, what, what kind of things uh, did, you, did you want to encourage and discourage and that kind of thing in terms of uh, mm -hmm. running the campaign? Oh, if I can maybe start. Uh, well, w one one point is that you know we definitely kind of cowboys, right? We we don't have any uh, you know release schedule ahead of us. We don't sell the game. We don't. So in that sense, we are totally uh, let's say free to to take any um, yeah narrative development that emerges from from the gameplay itself. 
So in that sense, I mean, our story is totally, I mean, non-canon or, I mean, on the, on the sides of what happens in the Infinity Universe from, from, you know, the official publisher point of view. So we were actually pretty excited to, to see what would happen, you know, from, from the gameplay. This, I think, was, was pretty established since the beginning. There was no, uh, yeah, no storyline, uh, uh, no no railroading, let's say, into this into the campaign outcome, and uh, and uh, I think the yeah we were actually uh, relying quite a lot on on the let's say uh, crowd creating uh, effort of of the participants, and uh, yeah, I think we we have not being disappointed in that regard. That, that was pretty amazing. Yeah, it sounded like people were having a, a lot of fun um, enjoying all of the, uh, the, the narrative. I know I, I, my, my chat group with, with Pete, who um, you know, was commanding the, or at least a big part of the Eugene command, is just full of walrus pictures like every day. It's another, another AI-generated walrus. And what do you think of this? You think this is funny <laughs> enough? Or should I change this? And I'm like, I'm trying to, I'm in a meeting. I don't know what to say to this. Um, but I, I have to say, regarding the, so the story of, um, you know, the way that at the time I was able to engage with it, right? The idea that there was this rogue AI Brutus was such a inspired idea, right? It, it's, a, it's, a, it's a trope that we find through a lot of science fiction Um but man, was it fun to write uh, a prompt, like as like as a writing prompt for a mission. Uh, what would happen to the battlefield if, you know, there was a third agent that was just running around trying to do stuff and making things difficult for both sides? And so that was a fun a fun thing. What like what what led to that? Was that just like something that somebody came up with, or was that a a thing that you wanted to replicate from somewhere else? Uh, I don't. I don't know if I can. Andrea, you wanted to say something. Please go ahead. Uh, no, I just. I just wanted to to add something uh, to what Francesco said before me, um, especially uh, what what I was aiming for. Um, aiming to sorry, uh, by thinking to this campaign, it was maybe Filippo. We we discussed it uh, this this um, sometimes uh, in, in recent period and to give the player the opportunity to play some uh, non-ITS mission and at the same time to give you know uh, the content creators give the chance to join our campaign and giving them uh, the opportunity to, 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 to develop different missions so it was um, there was a, a big behind the scene work uh, for us and for the other uh, content creators that uh, freely joined us and gave us a, a, a huge help in order to share uh, this new mission. So for me, it was more or less give, give people a, a different approach to uh, Infinity Mission. When I play, as I said, for like five or, or six times in, in a year, um, I'm always stuck, obviously, on ITS mission. And this was the first time that we, we, we tried to experience Infinity in a different way and for the mission. So the narrative component was uh, obviously um, maybe the, 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 main, um, uh, the main reason we, we tried to, give, to, to, to develop the campaign, but also the non-canonic ITS mission was a, 
uh, a great boost for me, especially for me. Try to re rethink or think again uh, the game um, with new mission. So this was was my approach to the campaign. That's really cool. Uh, speaking as somebody who plays probably too much, um, I I definitely appreciated the just the new missions that just as were a result of this effort. Um, mm. My my biggest complaint about Infinity right now is you know everybody has something to complain about, but uh, <laughs> my 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 complaint is is not you know like oh what the latest fact was or I don't like this rule. It's just we've been playing the same missions for years, right? I want to try something different. Yeah. Uh, and that was just so cool to, to sort of see people um, uh, not only just come up with the mission, but have it be shared in a larger context across many different metas and across, you know, mm -hmm. across continents, you know, not just countries. So um, that was that was really fun to see and really rewarding. So, yeah, I think, Filippo, you were about to say something. I... Yep. Oh, oh no! It's it's uh, it's okay. I just wanted to maybe um, uh, tie together some some ends uh, we we've touched until now. So um, yeah, I totally agree on 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 what John was saying now. So for example, uh, what we tried to enforce in the campaign mechanically uh, was to uh, reward players for actually playing the the mission. I mean, you're prompted to do that during uh, ITS uh, tournaments, of course, uh, because of the scoring system. And we also wanted to put it somehow uh, it in, the, in our system. So not only you score uh, points by winning uh, in, a, in a certain scenario, in a certain theater of war, but you also uh, score influence points based on the objective points you score. So this dual system, uh, allows uh, uh, players to to actually uh, should have allowed players actually to uh, play the mission, which is always something different, dif difficult to enforce, I believe, uh, because everything can ultimately turn into annihilation if you want. And so that that was our mechanical uh, uh, approach uh, to this uh, to this uh, issue. And also uh, going back to your question about. Uh, why Brutus? Why, why the trope of the rogue AI? Uh, well, that was basically uh, also a constraint because we, we didn't know who would show up uh, playing, which faction would have the upper end uh, numerically. And so we wanted to have uh, someone above all who could be uh, the, the scapegoat. And then uh, oh, let, yeah, let, let the narrative uh, decide. In the end, as you can see, uh, Brutus was uh, tied with the NA2, but uh, th they were not really like uh, associates. Associates, uh, they were more like mercenary, of course. Mm -hmm. So th they don't share the same fate. So having Brutus uh, partly being uh, uh, the NA2 leader and then the NA2 leader, and partly being uh, by by him by himself uh was was what we tried to do to have everyone uh on on, on spot let's say mm, that's really cool so i wanted to respond to uh the comment about encouraging people to play to the mission and i i like that a lot it's a good and easy mechanical addition to 
the existing rules of the game and, and sort of you get the behavior that you want, right? So to just to, to, to restate it, you you reward influence points based on binary I won or I lost, but also you get a, a different currency, I guess, for objective points totals, right? So that sort of avoids like a one zero win kind of thing, right? So you, you're encouraged to to actually try to get all the classifieds and you know highly classified or countermeasures or whatever. Um, make sure you get all the the uh <laughs> the 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 agents discovered in last resort that kind of thing um and so i i like that a lot that's a that's a really clever and elegant way to solve the problem and make it be be narratively relevant right because uh the whole point of a narrative is there's a bunch of people out there doing these cool mission objectives and if they uh, they mm -hmm. don't do them right the narrative isn't advanced so that's a that's a very very well very well executed uh um plan i guess i should say yeah so well done there um yeah so i guess how did how did it go right so we've talked sort of about the the loose structure of what it is it's a big um a big global tournament where there's a bunch of uh content creator submission uh, submitted missions uh you you play them you get points for to sort of advance the agenda of your faction and also maybe some other agendas um, but then how, you know, how, how was the experience of running the campaign uh, for you guys? Was there anything that was particularly difficult or particularly easy? What surprised you? And sort of generally open, open questions for you to sort of pontificate and talk about. Uh, for me, it was exciting, definitely. Um, uh, I can, I can say that, um, uh, maybe uh, what 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 we learned uh, by running the campaign is maybe for the future we will have to um, uh, we will need a, more planning, especially probably especially on the narrative part, uh, especially for me. Uh, I, I deeply relied on Filippo, Filippo's effort and fantasy. So uh, a big thank you should go to Filippo, uh, especially on the narrative part. Uh, and maybe, I don't know what, what the future will, 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 will take us, but um, a second campaign will, will be probably, will need a, a, a more, uh, a, a deeper planning. Um, apart from that, uh, it was definitely exciting. Uh, I had a lot of fun uh, imagining New Ipecha and all the characters that we uh, brought to the players on the website. And yeah, it, 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 I can say it was a, it, it is a success. Maybe Filippo and Francesco uh, knows the numbers uh, uh, very well. Uh, so, in terms of player and, and games played, uh, I can't remember right now, maybe 150 games. Uh, so, I can definitely say it, it is a success um, beyond, beyond my expectation, definitely. And I was trying to collect my ideas, sorry, but I'm quite tired. Um, I understand, yeah. believe me. Yeah. <laughs> I'm exhausted. Yeah, yeah, I'm having you know uh, quite dense days. So, yep. well, 
Well, thank you for joining us so to... late in the evening for you guys. Oh, no, no problem. No, it's because of me and my job. Yes. No problem. <laughs> well, LOL, I'm on vacation. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I think, to be honest, this the initial, let's say, spark of creativity, if I'm not mistaken. It actually happened when you were... I mean, in, in between two jobs, right? You, you, you were, you were. So, did, wasn't that the case, Filippo? Did I, did I remember correctly? <laughs> uh, the the campaign actually, uh, we, we, we as I said uh, at the beginning, uh, it has been a year. All right, oh, so okay. we started yeah. thinking a year ago, but and and the, the the starting day of the campaign kept changing until eventually it was on the day I changed job. So yeah, okay. There was something like that. I remember. Yeah, yeah. pretty pretty painful from from my side, but uh, today I'm on vacation. So so I mean, sometimes things go the way you want, and sometimes. Right. Yeah. Well, yeah. And, uh, I maybe, oh, I forgot, I forgot yeah. to mention previously. I'm a long time long time play panel player. Mm -hmm. So um, I was quite let's say disappointed uh, because <laughs> I was expecting a, a stronger presence of panel players sure. in this campaign. I started playing Infinity. It was maybe 2014, Francesco. Yeah, 14. Yeah, 14. So. Yeah, and we we bought uh, up the Operation Ice Storm. Operation Ice Storm. Mm -hmm. Got it. Uh, yeah. I I grew up with the idea of you know panel players. It's like you know not the strongest faction, but maybe the the, the more common mm -hmm. uh, among players. And uh, maybe I, I I didn't I didn't realize that during the last years. Uh, Corvus Bentley made a, a huge effort in order to, you know, uh, balance uh, the presence of other faction. And this was my idea at the beginning. And so I, I was still expecting a, a strong presence of panel players, but you know, I was a bit disappointed that I tried to, my best. Uh, but I, made, I, I recently bought with Francesco Operation Blackwing, so I started uh, uh, playing um, C-Files. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, I only played a couple of games, and so, oh, it's just my idea. You know, it made me rethink about panel. <laughs> well, you heard it first here, everyone. Uh, yeah. Panel players, <laughs> you should play in the next campaign, and uh, <laughs> help help, help us out. <laughs> Show up. You yeah, know. prove prove it was not a mistake. Yeah, prove it prove yeah. it was not a mistake. Exactly. Maybe <laughs> maybe uh, we can get some uh, mission writers to give you guys some smoke. Maybe that'll help. <laughs> wow. <laughs> they do have that's, eclipse. That's true. Yeah. They do. There is a profile yeah. of eclipse. <laughs> um, I I just wanted to say that uh, it's very impressive, at least to me, uh, that it took a year to do this, and not because. The amount of work, like I, that, that is a, a big achievement. Uh, but because in, especially in hobby domains, um, to have a project to sort of be worked on over the course of a year and then not have uh, life get in the way, attention shift, um, mm -hmm. priorities change, people moving around, jobs changing, right? And to stick with it. So a big, yeah. you know, round of applause for you guys for sticking with it mm -hmm. and, and executing. Thank you. So, and, uh, yeah. yeah, if Thanks. I can comment on that, I think oh, apart from, of course, thank you. Uh, uh, I think, uh, you know, it, it can be a bit tricky. Uh, and then maybe we were a bit naive as well in this regard, because ultimately, you know, Infinity is a live game. So mm -hmm. 
you know the the publisher you know keeps the game moving you you get new releases and of course the schedule nowadays is pretty much settled with the main events uh, and and so on so we we have kind of an idea you know when the new ITS season is going to come out and, and but you never know right so uh, so so that was um uh, I mean, we were also a bit lucky, I think, and we just, you know, the campaign was closing not long before the whole, you know, reinforcement right. uh, rumor engine started. So, you know, if a major update drops from Corvus Belly, of course, that's going to, uh, you know, f- fill up the uh, or distract to some extent uh, mm-hmm. players and, and, and so on. So I think in that sense, we were also a bit lucky. I think we got a decent spot. Uh, in in Mm -hmm. the calendar for which you know there was not much else going on apart of course all the amazing local events that each you know community of player they organized but but we were also happy to see that you know sometimes uh people playing in tournaments and so on they were still reporting the missions they they, the games they played uh uh, you know to to feed the campaign uh logs and so that that was also nice uh so yeah in hindsight, I think, yeah, for sure, you need, you need to be a bit careful in, 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 in the planning and when you think to release and so on. Uh, but, you know, first time we were a bit lucky, so we, we, we live with that. And, um, and maybe the second point, of course, is we, I think we really wanted to have, you know, the in sort of endorsement of the content creators, because, of course, they are kind of ambassadors in their own communities and also have some visibility uh, online. So uh but of course everybody's doing this basically for free right so even you know to push the deadlines and sort of you know inverted commas bother people you know i mean uh, is the mission ready and so on so we really try to keep it a bit relaxed uh but uh but yeah uh it's it's kind of soft project management if you like so not yeah, really hard yeah. deadlines yeah. but but still you need to at some point you know make make some calls and uh, at some point go for it yeah, yeah, I think uh, what Francesco is saying uh, uh, really ties in uh, something we, we could do better next time, uh, which is uh, formatting. As he was saying now, uh, we had to uh, get things going from a certain point uh, on. And so uh, one, one weak spot of the, of the campaign is the, is the mission, uh, mission dossier formatting. There's a wonderful PowerPoint introduction made by Andrea. Uh, that uh, sets up the tone and uh, gives uh, some perspective on what's going on in the in the city and about the crisis, and then the mission starts. And what we didn't do, unfortunately, was enforcing a, fo- a common format, mm. which would have been uh, great to have because uh, one of the biggest letdown from uh, incoming players who were looking interestingly uh, at the at the campaign was about uh, the quality of the PDF. Mm. And unfortunately, uh, despite having great missions and big names uh, in, like uh, like yourself, uh, like like uh, I don't know, even even a member of the staff uh, from Corvus Belli, uh, despite all these uh, jewels, uh, <laughs> unfortunately, uh, having uh, mismatching formats uh, yeah. is a big letdown for for players. So next time, uh, if there will be uh, one, uh, <laughs> <laughs> for sure we will we will look into this. Uh, yeah, um, this is that's actually something that I'm interested in as well. Just sort of, you know, I, this is uh, the first time I've had the opportunity to actually sit down and talk with you guys uh, at length. Um, 
one of the really one of the big things I really appreciate about this sort of uh, this this effort kicking off is it sort of you know indirectly or at least um, in uh, correlation with other 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 people uh, created this sort of wave of new missions, right? So um, uh, we have the Hungry Walrus missions, uh, which have inspired a, a bunch of stuff from Adam and I and our friends. We have our own little repository of missions that we've been cooking up. Uh, and just really enjoying playing and trying out new mechanics and things. I think Loss of Lieutenant has a big repository as well. And then of course, Vol uh, and all his tabletop stuff. Um, you know, he's got a, a, like a whole library of missions that he's been running in his tournaments for a long time. Uh, mm -hmm. And you're absolutely right. There's no sort of standardized format. Um, and I think, you know, with the, with the, with the release of Comlog a couple of years ago, um, everybody's basically switched to that. And so I reached I reached out uh, at some point to the author of Comlog about you know um, what would it look like to to sort of have a common format we could pass missions off and do regular updates of like m you know more larger uh, efforts right so like the next Hungry Walrus equivalent right there's a list of missions that would be in a Comlog format or something like that or at least a standardized PDF template and so this is a call to you know anybody who has uh, typesetting experience or graphic design experience and wants to get involved, um, I guess, let us know. And we'll, and I'll, I'll definitely pass on whatever we find out from those people to you guys. And maybe we can even work together. So that would be really, really nice, I think. Uh, have a, a nice, maybe unofficial repository of missions that is standardized and located somewhere. And so that's something that Adam and I talked about in the last episode of uh, Late Night War Games. So definitely to, happy to continue talking to you guys about that in the future. But I don't want to derail this into to new ideas and project management stuff. Uh, I wanted to. I wanted to ask: Was there any like really cool a narrative thing that happened in the um, uh, during the campaign that you that you were really excited or touched by, or uh, you know, uh, really evoked some sort of emotional response for you? Is there anything surprising that happened? Oh well, I'm just uh, just. <laughs> can I can I start, guys? Uh, maybe yeah, yeah, I'll go just... ahead, go for it. Sure. Yeah, go. Uh, so. Mm, yeah, Andrea mentioned numbers before. So yeah, we have the 150 games, 80, 80 uh, in phase one and 60 in phase two. And uh, I counted around like uh, 120 uh, different usernames. So of course, someone may have registered themselves with two different names, but let's say 120 players. And uh, I believe that's, that that's actually consistent with with the numbers in the Discord server. I think. Sorry to interject. I just just think it makes sense. Yeah. And I believe that of all the of all the battle of all the, the the missions of all the games they played, this this uh, wonderful people played. Um, I believe less than ten percent doesn't have a a blog post or or a piece of text. Describing how the game went, mm -hmm. so really everyone' response on this on this side was amazing. Uh, someone uh, put a little more effort in it, uh, like uh, uh, the 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 Eugene command, the and and its uh, its leader, mm -hmm. uh, UFA twenty three. Uh, I don't know if it's official leader, but however, <laughs> as yeah, a spokesperson, yeah. okay. Uh, did a wonderful job, was very involved in, in the campaign, and everyone did a, did a great job. So, so really, lots of uh, amazing, amazing posts by, by every player that has played from, from me, I think, I believe. 
Yeah, and if I can add, uh, maybe that's not in the narrative uh, of the game, but still in the on the participation side, I think it was also kind of a, um, I mean, I listed amongst the successes, you know, the fact that we had really had global participation. I think we really have players from from all over the world, and um, uh, and this I think was not was not given uh, in in the beginning, but uh, uh, yeah, that actually happened to be the case. And uh, and that's nice, I think, as a um, yeah something that, to be honest, I was hoping for, but couldn't be sure. You know, we could have just ended up playing with you know the Italian community the Italian or or a little yeah. over that. Uh, but in, instead, no, there was there were really people playing uh, all over all over the world. Uh, it it so was really was... amazing for me to. Sorry, Francesco, just a quick no, comment. No, that's it. It was amazing. It was a wonderful for me to wake up some mornings and check out if any, everyone, everyone, anyone played that night to see the results and stuff going on. And also seeing that the Excel sheet we had was working. <laughs> was, uh... Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so... The biggest liability was the Excel programming. Oh yeah, yeah, um, <laughs> for sure. There's always some, some silly thing you've missed and then you have to fix it all manually. Um... <laughs> But yeah, no, I, I've been in similar positions where you sort of just watch, you know, like a live human somewhere else on maybe even the other side of the planet, right? Just do something directly related to what you're interested in and it sort of appears on your screen. That's a wonderful feeling, especially to wake up to. It's a, it's a nice, a nice, uh, nice experience. Um, yeah. Like I, I uh, like a shout out to to one uh, that wasn't uh, one of our content creators, but uh, actually um made made a couple of videos uh, about missions of uh, the operation angry warlords campaign uh, robert Cantrell. i mean uh, the uh, robert okay i don't know his uh, his handle on, uh, on youtube but uh, i do i i think i have the screenshot around uh, where where we chatted to each other saying i can't believe he actually made a video about uh, our mission <laughs> it was fun <laughs> Yeah, that's that's really cool. I mean, like the Infinity community is hands down, I think, the best miniature gaming community out there. Uh, yeah, a it's lot, a great community. There's, there's yeah. a lot I, of reasons for that, but yeah. I really also appreciated the, the trust placed by the, the players in the narrative missions. Uh, as you know, uh, in 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 the campaign, you you you, you could play both uh, the narrative mission we provided and the ITS mission. So, uh, in the end, seeing uh, all these uh, games played in the narrative mission, it was quite exciting. It was, yeah, uh, a big surprise for me. You know, it, 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 this makes sense because of, you know, uh, the experimental campaign we try to give the, give the community. Uh, but I would, I, you know, um, we managed to, you know, translate and uh people and players from the ITS mission to the narrative ones so I really appreciated that yeah uh in response to that I just wanted to say you know speaking of somebody who I would characterize myself as a as a primarily competitive infinity player and mm -hmm. it's not to say that I don't enjoy the narrative um but you know I'm I'm primarily playing infinity to sort of um use it as a personal growth tool I guess. Um, and one of the beautiful things about playing a narrative mission is oftentimes then, you know, you can turn infinity to work, 
right? It becomes homework or like a chore at the end of the day because you're you're constantly practicing the same list to you know perform at the tournament or whatever. And it's just a it's a really wonderful uh, opportunity to say you know what I have permission from some like, that's a, I think a psychological thing that people have right it's difficult to allow yourself to do something it's much easier if somebody else out there says oh why don't you enjoy this instead right then it becomes yeah. them giving you permission to do this thing that you kind of want to do but would never let yourself do and so for you guys to give the opportunity and say like look at all the other people having fun why don't you come join us is really cool. Yeah, totally agree. Yeah, I think I think Francesca was about to say something. Ah, no, no, I just wanted actually. I was thinking, you know, to to answer your original question about the the narrative events that that. Um, uh, well, I think that what was good, you know, to, uh, yeah, to, to 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 read all the narrative. I think it was cool. At some point, there was maybe end of phase one, was it? Or you know, there was a like contested uh, theater of war. Mm -hmm. And and really, people or person actually going you know online to Discord say looking for game. I need to play this game now. Uh, somebody and and then there was actually a response. <laughs> so they played actually a game like setting it up in half an hour and then just just throwing it down to to you know uh, tip the the scale just for those I don't know a point half a point something. But yeah, but that, that actually and that actually mattered. No, and so this was like wow, you're really into it and. Um, and that was pretty cool because, of course, you know, once once you're so much into that, and the narrative drives you, and and it's kind of a positive feedback kind of loop there, that uh, that uh, that you know makes you think about your next game and and what what's going on on the others, and uh, and and so on. So yeah, that that was pretty cool, pretty cool events. And then and then we also had, uh, to be honest, a bunch of characters that we sort of developed. Uh, yeah. I would say throughout the years, to be honest, because you know, playing so seldom, we we also like quite a bit to to uh, I don't know season our games with some totally unnecessary narrative, even even amongst ourselves. You know, we put together a little blog post, and and also we tease each other and so on. So we had actually some some characters that even grew a bit uh, as a personality, and and so they also uh, uh, appeared in this campaign uh, and, and developed, to be honest, some of those actually met their doom as well, like like the, uh, yeah, the uh, nasty, uh, not nasty, the um, vicious, vicious, uh, vicious, Shazvasti, uh, you know, Brigadier General Bafajas and others. So, so yeah, that, that was actually cool. And see people interact with characters built by your friend, your, your imagination, it's, it's also cool, right? And, uh, I don't know mixed feelings. I think every author maybe goes through that. For us, at least for me, was 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 not not um, something I'm used to. But it's a bit of mixed feelings. Now, on one side, you feel like you're giving up something, but then there is so much that comes back with new ideas and unexpected turn of events. Uh, that's that's actually rewarding in the end. So yeah. I mean, I think I think this medium is is unique among storytelling mediums, right? Because um, if you read a book, that's it. You've read the book. If you watch a television show, that's it. You've read, watched the television show. You can write, you know, fan fiction. You can you can do your own YouTube video about it. Um, but this is, I mean, even in video games, right? Like you're sort of constrained to a particular setting and a particular storyline. Even in open world games, right? There's still places and stuff that are defined by the creators of the of the game. But in Infinity, right? It's it's 100 percent 
um, entirely up to the players, right? They're, they're bringing the factions. It's hard, to, you know, you can't really control for that in every game. They, they set up the whole table. Uh, often tables have their own story. And so to let, um, you know, it becomes, it becomes more of a, like a full-blown tabletop role-playing sort of situation where you can take a, a character that's sort of defined in a source book and bring it to life on the table. And then, and then you get to RP a little bit outside of the actual dice rolling part. Which is really cool. So that's that's uh, it'd be a fun thing to continue to explore and uh, and watch how watch how things develop. So you know, sort of on that note, um, you know, I guess I guess uh, I I personally speaking very selfishly, right? Because I I missed out on this uh, this this tournament. I mean, sorry, this this campaign because uh, you know, I, I had some family stuff to deal with. Um, when when's the next one? <laughs> when when can I play? When can I when I can when when do I get to have fun too? And and what are you planning? I guess if you could talk about any of that now. Uh, well, I don't know. Yeah, well, me neither. I'm, I'm dodging this tricky question. We don't know. Yeah, we don't know. <laughs> yeah, Fair enough. No, don't really know. Let's, uh, Let's, okay, it takes a year, right? Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Oh. Well, well, one thing we already mentioned some, somewhere else is uh, we we also play other systems, mm -hmm. and uh, we we uh, we may evaluate the possibility to bring this experience to another system to oh. to level up some more, and then get back to to the infinity scene with uh, with uh, fresh ideas. Yeah, but it's 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 really it's really not even in the works, and yeah. I was also. This is something I, I I had in my mind also also before Hungry Warlords. I was also toying uh, with the idea of uh, of having like a set of missions based on uh, on one of the characters uh, we have, mm. like uh, an anthology set of missions, like the the the, um, the great adventures of uh, Erin O'Neill, uh, uh, Super Worker, let's say. Mm -hmm. But but that would be. To, to to think from from base uh, one, let's say, so from scratch. Yeah, that would be a really fun little uh, like a an anthology to put out, right? Sort of like uh, was it uh, Paradiso, the uh, the N two, um, the I guess I guess they released it for N three as well, right? Uh, so you have the whole campaign, and and so but having it follow a a, a storyline around a character would be really cool. Um, yeah, I I totally understand the the. Uh, the impetus not wanting wanting to put a put a timeline on anything that's uh, difficult, especially right after just completing the campaign. Um, but I'm I'm excited and uh, I want I want to know where this is going. Anything anything that you know you you think you want to um, definitely change. Obviously, there's some back end stuff you sort of alluded to with uh, improving, you know the the Excel side of things. But um, you know, do you do you foresee you know, for example, big changes to the incentive structure of you, you know, using objective points to have a different form of in-game in-campaign currency, sort of thing, or or is that something that you you like to want to continue in any, any direction mm. you guys have talked about like that? Yeah, that. Uh, yeah, there were some comments uh, as well. No, in that that regard, it was in the end a bit weak. This inference point, the bonus it gave. Um, this, but yeah, that's 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 tricky. Yeah, we we to be honest, we put quite a bit of uh, of of thought into those things, challenging also each other. Uh, it's it's, I mean, my my experience is that it's uh, infinity is not so easy to 
to to mod or to mess up with right because it's it it, it tends to be on the balanced side of things uh, and and actually players the player base appreciates uh, that so this is one of the things that that you know people like when playing infinity so yeah it, it's it's actually good from a narrative and thematic point of view to give to hand out you know some some crazy you know uh, bonus or i don't know advantage or or special thing but then the the risk is that the gameplay would would actually break uh, under that so it's it, it's not an easy exercise um, i think so to be honest now i'm i'm not sure what what would we do um would do differently. I think it was it was well worth the effort to put together, let's say, original or a bit different, uh, uh, if not extravagant missions. Uh, but overall, at the campaign mechanisms, uh, I think it's good to have it, you know, driven by the narrative. Yeah, mainly. Yeah. As Francesco said, I think Infinity is a very well balanced game. So it's on the other side, it's easy to unbalance. You know, yes. Uh, yeah. Uh, since it's it's very it's very very well balanced. Um, uh, even if the players have you know uh, give you the chance to uh, mod the game or take it on the narrative side, uh, it's easy to you know to fall and, and uh, unbalance the game. We maybe we, we experienced that with um, one mission. The mission with uh, Filippo Francesco helped me to remind uh, to remember. Uh, the one with um, uh, the veteran troops, maybe. Uh, ah, disclose desires. Disclose desires. Yeah. Um, so uh, you can you can think a mission, and at the beginning you are quite sure that it's very well balanced, and you find as soon as you play that the, the mission, you, you you find that it's not so, you know, as you imagined. Uh, yeah, this is maybe something we would do. It's pretty obvious, right? Maybe maybe we didn't mention, but we <laughs> I would definitely play test more than issue. Yeah, play yeah. test more. I think we were really short on time and we, we gave it a go what we could because we we're kinda of eager also to play these missions sure. in advance. Uh but uh but you need time. I mean if you struggle to put the games in, I mean play testing is even more than that, right? Yeah. So yeah, mm. having the time or having a bigger team. Or let's say more resources in general. I think to play test the missions in advance would actually make a lot of sense. More time. Maybe we needed more time. We gave us deadline during the you know the the, the planning of the game the campaign, but we also took the freedom to postpone them on the deadlines. Mm -hmm. And maybe this helped us to keep, you know keep the spark and the flame alive. This relaxed approach uh, gave us the chance and the opportunity. You know to plan for one year more or less or nine months uh, so we need time but on the other hand we we, we cannot waste time maybe so uh, how can i say yeah maybe nine or 12 months it's okay uh, if we started to play test more i don't know if if we would be ready to you know launch the campaign in the the time frame that francesco previously mentioned you know yeah, absolutely. I mean, There's I think. Also, oh. Go ahead. Oh no, no, it's okay. Uh, I was, I was gonna say, uh, feel free to solicit feedback or uh, um, help on on mission playtesting, right? I certainly am happy to pitch in, and I probably get uh, 
So they get more games than than Andrea. So <laughs> uh, if, you, if you want me to play test stuff, I can slot it into his schedule, and I write up every game I play, so you at least get to see a, a the full the full thing, and I'll, I'll give my honest opinion at the end. Um, uh, may, may I? Yeah. Yep. Okay. Thanks. Uh, yeah. One one another. Um weird effect that we saw was that uh, there was a difference between uh, uh, appealing mission and fun mission. Uh, we had a little survey at the end of the campaign asking players which were the, the missions they were uh, uh, eagerly looking to play or that convinced them to test the campaign. And in the comments, uh, more than one person said, uh, I actually uh, voted for the, the, those that I Think I would have enjoyed the most, but then it turned out completely different. Hmm. So uh, it's also interesting that there are some missions that are very uh, intriguing uh, with a, with an elevator pitch, like a, let's say undisclosed desire, for example. Uh, it's basically uh, HV, spot your HVT hide and seek. So it, it works as an elevator pitch, but ultimately is uh, less fun than uh, let's play with. Uh, uh, Mandatory zero SWC, mm. which may sound uh, difficult to manage, and it's and it's really fun to play. Got it. So, play testing may makes you spot the things in advance, but you, you can't uh, evaluate uh, the, the the appeal every every pitch has for that mission. Makes sense. Well, um, I, I want to be cognizant of the time. I know, you know, we were in two very different time zones and it's very late at night for you guys. I don't want to keep you for too long. Uh, is there anything you want to, to you know, let our viewers know uh, before, we, before we, we close things out here? Uh, big thank well, there's you. Free. Andrea, yes. Yeah, a big thank you to everyone that participated in, in a way or another. Just, you know, joining on Discord or just talking about our campaign, playing games or, you know, share the passion that um, moved us in this adventure. So uh, a big thank you to all the community. It's a very uh, wealthy community. And so, uh, I don't know, Francesco and Filippo want to add something? Oh yes, uh, of course. Uh, thank you also from from my side. Uh, thank you to everyone who wrote uh, posts, who made video. We uh, we mentioned some, but uh, there's there's more. And um, another thing I wanted to say is uh, uh, the the campaign came with a free HVT and its palbot uh, to be downloaded and printed. And so uh, the. The mini is still uh, is still up online for everyone to download. So go ahead, have a look around on the site and download your your special worker miniature and its palbot. And it was uh, if, if I can make a shout out to the artist, it's a it's a local artist named Grimforge. Uh, so you'll find it online and just a great uh, person to chat with. And uh, it was very, um, I mean, he, he welcomed. Every, every and each uh, of our requests professionally. And so we definitely recommend uh, uh, looking for Greenforge. Well, very cool. I'll make sure to add a link to all that stuff in the show notes so people can find that. Um, yeah. Thank you. Francesco, any, any, 
Any closing statements? I don't know. I think they they covered it all. I mean, of course. Thank you from 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 my side as well. It was it was actually yeah really uh, yeah enjoyable uh, experience and uh, yeah oh, to be honest a bit overwhelmed by you know this uh, kind of uh, positive uh, feedback and you know uh, yeah people taking it seriously but seriously in a good way right so this is the most pleasing thing that you know we're all adults we're all I mean most of us I guess and you know very constraint in terms of you know free time and and so on so um the, the fact that we know we 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 decide to to invest this in playing with little toy soldiers that we spend hours to paint and and collect and so on uh and then you know ultimately having a good time um that that's really i don't know that, that's that's a nice uh thing um to to have out there um so um yeah that 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 was uh quite quite nice to see all this you know engagement and but but on the positive side so committed to the narrative very creative very uh invested into it but keeping it also like you know we're still playing with toy soldiers so you know it was very good mood uh, all, all around no salt uh, at all and yeah very positive attitude uh, overall good feedback as well well, that's awesome. Well, I just wanted to thank the three of you again yeah, no. for coming on the show. Um, really appreciate your time. Hope to have you back on uh, to talk about the next campaign, whenever that is, even if it's for a different system. We play lots of systems too, so if you want to talk about that and your ideas for that sometime in the future, do let us know. Um, we'll, we'll work around the time zone or something and figure out a way to do this. Uh, Sweet. But yeah, lovely, sure. lovely hanging out. And uh, yeah, wish you all the best. You. Uh, and, uh, you know, Take care. And now, uh, John, go ahead. Back to you. All right. We're back. Thank you to uh, Hungry Walrus team. And now it's me and Pete back to talk about the player side of things. Yeah. Yeah. It was really nice to hear from those guys. Um, they did a fantastic job building a sand pit for everyone to play in for all that, that yeah, time. Exactly. I really enjoyed it. And, uh, yeah, I'd like to thank them as well. I um, wasn't really sure if it was going to be as fun as it was at the start. Mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, it was a great time. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> being, again, super selfishly, right? It was like, I hope this isn't fun because I don't get to play in it. <laughs> but then it turned out to be super fun. And I was like, oh, man. <laughs> oh, well. But, yeah, it was one of those things where you, you just kind of think, What's the worst that could happen if you go and choose the people you play narrative games with and play a few games in this and see how it goes? You know, for me, uh, in Dagama, I play games with Erin uh, and Melanie and uh, uh, Obi. Didn't manage to get a game in this with Obi, but um, yeah, uh, I played against you and Cameron and all these people. They're so much fun to play against. So it was just a matter of organize a few games, see if it's going well. Yep. And what happens is you've tried a new mission playing against someone that's fun to play against, and you can laugh about it later if it turns out to be a mess. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think that's probably the best part about narrative missions, is if it turns out to be a mess, that's actually a, a benefit, right? Yeah, yeah, th there were some missions that were funnier than others. 
Um, but a lot of the missions were really good. And I think the, there's a lot of hunger out there. You certainly saw it on the Discord. People were ready to play a bunch of new missions. And uh, and there was a lot of creativity went into the missions and, and the stories behind them. Um, yeah, it's interesting hearing them, them talking about the, the difference between a mission that looks appealing versus a mission that's actually really fun to play. And the, the Zero SWC mission, they, it was basically rescue with Zero SWC. Right. It was it was played in a, a like a busy, rich area of town and no one could be firing missiles around. So yeah, that and was the modification they made. But I mean, having having challenged myself to do that sort of thing, where I, I, I mean, my, my challenge has been take um, no burst four weapons, um, which is kind of like zero SWC, especially if you're playing nomads, because, you know, if you, if you can't take hackers, that's kind of weird. Right. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's, that's a really fun prompt. I really enjoy that kind of list building constraint. Um, but on paper, it does look like, Oh, I don't think this will be fun at all, but it turns out to be pretty great. Yeah, they, they obviously didn't get the chance to um, uh, playtest all of the missions, perhaps as you might, as much as you might want from a, an ITS mission. Mm -hmm. But that's kind of fine as well, you know. Yeah. Um, the funniest one I think I heard from the feedback coming in was the the mission they had where there were war cores that were they had a press pass and they were invulnerable. Mm -hmm. So you had to score certain objectives in the mission with the war cores. But there was also a panoply in the mission, <laughs> right? So war I don't think any... yeah, just running out with a huge gun. Yeah, I don't think anyone did it. But if the war corps had picked up uh, an HMG or a multi sniper rifle from the panoply, they would have just gone around murdering everyone. And yeah. if you killed them, the mission would be over. <laughs> yeah. But so, uh, it's, it's basically like the ultimate dodge force. <laughs> But but people were really playing these missions in good faith, you know. They're like, all right, we'll try this out. If if you have to house rule something on the spot, um, it's a new mission. You can do that to have a good time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, I I don't want to uh, sort of disparage CB's campaigns, right? But there's 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 definitely a contingent of people who are there to. So, you know, win at all costs. And I, I think that's a, a, a valid play style, right? Like that's that's legitimately something some people enjoy. And um, I mean, it of course does affect other people on a global campaign, but it is a, it is a, a valid way to play. Um, and it was just refreshing to, to hear about how the people playing, you know, Operation Hungry Walrus were mostly people who, who wanted to just write some pretty awesome battle reports, right? Yeah, I, I think so. Play some fun missions, get together, see what you can do. So um, I guess this, this kind of leads into um, where I took this, because I've been trained the other way by CB. What, what was really good about this this campaign was the sort of the improv, the way they were writing narrative through this, that that's something that was always missing from CB campaigns. The feeling that the the narrative campaign and the narrative is reacting to what the players are doing in it and yeah. how things are emerging. 
Coverspelly's campaigns have always felt like they've been on rails, like they wrote the story in the PDFs months before, and then nothing you do really matters. Yeah. But you're still trying really hard, but it doesn't matter. And, yeah. And that was the opposite. Um, so I went into this thinking, well, it's a narrative campaign. I basically have to write my own narrative because there won't be a satisfying narrative emerging during the campaign. Mm -hmm. um, there really was in this one. Um, and there was a way to score and there was a way your faction could win if they paid attention to the narrative and uh, engaged and played, played battles. Um, but I still went into it thinking, well, this is like a Corvus Belli narrative campaign. So I'm going to provide a compelling narrative, choose objectives for my faction. So even when we get to the end and there's no satisfying conclusion, we've scored one theater, everyone else has scored one theater. But yeah, we've really had like, the time. You have to wait for the AI historian. It's fun. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I decided to insert a, uh, a giant walrus into their Operation Hungry Walrus. Um, yeah, so that's that's where this uh, kicked off. I started out by uh, providing one of the uh, jury and inspection units um, helpful public service announcements about how busy they've been in the new Hypatia field office mm -hmm. um, and how my CN would be uh, visiting soon. Um, and yeah, also noted in here, there's a missing AI historian report from. Hmm. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I thought it was a, an opportunity to get a dig in at Corvus Belly there because we never yeah, really heard yeah. what happened at the end of uh, Dagama. We still right. don't know. Yeah, exactly. There hasn't been an official word yet. Who've asked yep. that they promised that they were going to go through and remove all the fake reports and decide who'd won each of the theaters, and they just never did it. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I mean, I know a lot of the Nomad players are still very bitter about La Forja uh, in the Wotan campaign. Because like, we fought like hell to hold that position, and then it just like blew up on us, literally. Um, and, and so that sort of goes back to the on-rails things. It was really encouraging to hear you talk about how the stuff that you did actually mattering. Um, and so that was a, that was a nice departure. And, and I mean, to be, to be fair, right, like CB has to, to pay attention to their bottom line, and and they have limited resources um, uh, to sort of adapt to a much larger campaign. Because a lot, I feel like a lot of their attention goes to sort of orchestrating the logistics. They have to deal with a lot of like tickets and stuff that happen. Like just like the tech support stuff takes up a lot of time. Um, so I, you know, I'm, I'm sympathetic to that. Uh, but it's just, it's just nice to have a more agile, smaller team with a with a laser focus on the narrative, be able to sort of capture like the, the joy of the whole thing, right? And actually get to change the, the course of the campaign based on the, uh, the happenings of, uh, of what, you know, the, the, the games. One of the things I've always suspected about the Corvus Belly campaigns is that they'd be better if they restricted the number of player, number of games each player could play. So you could only report two wins a week or something during the campaigns per yeah. general. Yeah. And they sort of did that. I think the most recent ones sort of did away that. from farming wins per general into you know the quality of the experience and engaging with your faction and and as a group and you know recruiting more generals and getting them to be in the right place at the right time. Yeah, and I think I think I mean so 
they they've sort of tried to address that by with the star rating system. Uh, a ten stars is like way too fine grained, right? First of all, <laughs> let's let's start there. Um, but but second of all, right? That sort of encourages everybody to just sort of like blind rate reports. Um, and then you know, it's, it, there's a lot of issues to be talked about with the CB system or I guess the on tabletop system. Um, I mean, honestly, as a as a success story of get people to play the game that we we sell. No criticism, right? People are playing, people are having a good time, people are engaged, people are discussing um, and and having a good time. So huge success on that front. And honestly, that's probably the, the whole point of the thing. Um, but there, I think I think Hungry Walrus really offers a, a counterexample of what could be possible um, just with a few minor tweaks, right? And, you know, may, maybe this is the sort of security through obscurity argument, right? The small player pool... Uh, full of people who are who are committed to the the idea and and more idealistic about it uh, will tend to be better actors in in that space and you'll you'll get less people who are just trying to game the system um, but it, yeah. it's 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 a good counter counterpoint I think I I agree um, and I didn't actually manage to go on a big tangent about the airing of grievances about Corvus Belli campaigns here. Uh, it's much better to focus on the things that Hungry Wars has done right. Mm -hmm. And that's, you know, there was a, a pretty big selection of really fresh, interesting missions that weren't missions you'd seen before in uh, another ITS system. It wasn't right. the Armory coming back. It wasn't, oh, here's Frostbite again, but with a special rule. Yeah, Frostbite with zero it, G or something, right? It's like, okay. Yeah, sure. here's the last resort. You haven't played that before. Uh, his blockade runner metachemistry had a really cool black labs mission with mm -hmm. like uh, panoply tech coffins handing out metachemistry roles oh, there were just wow. things happening yeah that, that's a really fun idea and pretty good for branding their podcast as well I was impressed with that mm -hmm. um, uh, yeah it, it was fun that this stuff was there the fresh missions the narrative adapting as you go, the secrets and teasing out the objectives and actually having win conditions for it. And then at the end, if you've set the win conditions and they've been there through the narrative for people to find, then you get to the end and you say, you know, Pano has won. They scored here and here, and these were worth two to them, and we wrote it down at the beginning. Right. It's, you know, it's good to have a winner in that situation. Um. So yeah, it, it all, just the engagement of the organizing team with the campaign as it emerged, this improv of the narrative and the fresh missions were really, really good. And uh, I hope CB uh, can do something like that in their next campaign. Agreed. Or we can see it in another community-led campaign and that'll be really fun. Anyway, yeah, down off the soapbox and I'll get back on to what I got up to. So, yeah, I, I came up with a, a narrative idea. There was a mission they had that involved engine fires on an Ariadnan ship. Mm. Um, so the, there were these... The Ariadnan faction at the start of the campaign drove a huge container ship onto the guns of Brutus's blockade. And they uh, shot at the, the ship, set huge engine fires on there. 
And I decided that the local wildlife would start interacting with these engine fires. And um, so it turned out there was a, a breed of lobster that just flocked onto these ships and started breeding around the engine fires. Um, and of course, contamination of food stuff with local wildlife is the kind of thing that the Durian Inspection Unit sure. is always top of yeah just gotta you know make sure that these giant crabs don't get inside the fruit shipments to shantang so we we had some more uh, public service announcements around this and encouraged all of the eugene players right off the bat to decide hey we're going to uh, dock 619 we're going to take the ship shut down the engine fires and make sure that this doesn't get out of control and cause a catastrophe because, uh, yeah, we've got to safeguard Eugene's interests, regardless of what's going on here. Um, so, yeah, in the absence of any clue about which theatre we were supposed to be attacking, I'd just pick one um, and, and directed everyone that I possibly could to go and attack that. Seemed like a good idea. Yeah, I mean, that's fun, too, right? Like, you, you get to make, make use of mid-journey and make some cool AI-generated art. And yeah, sort of get yeah. people excited about fighting fighting lobsters. Yeah, and get engaged in the argument about whether or not AI generated art is a good idea or not. But yep. um yeah, I, I fall on the idea of it's out there, it's a tool, you can use it to have fun. So sure. just go do it. Um so so yeah, I uh led in from that. Um I had a, a couple of games. I had a, a really good game against uh, Matthew, who I played uh, in back in Dagalma, who actually accidentally let my forces into Chameleon. Uh, his, <laughs> his Montessa Knight came back for a, and tried very, very hard to, uh, to take down my Sien in a game. Then I had a second game versus Erin back on the same ship. Um, and I got lucky there actually, cause she had some quite mean things arrayed against me, but, um, uh, now, no, it wasn't Lemue actually killed her brawler sniper right at the beginning of the game and made it so hard for her. That, oh my gosh. Uh, and, that, and that's the right tool to get rid of Lemue too. She had a core link brawler who was just going to kill oh, Lemue and then oh, brutal. Uh, her scoring in the mission. And he just gunned it down immediately. <laughs> <laughs> hey, dice or dice, right? Yeah. Goodness so, gracious. Yeah. That that was a game where there was a smoke cloud kind of across the middle of the table, so visor snipers were really important in it. Um, uh, it, it was a fun mission. Um, so from there, all of these lobsters were breeding out of control on an Ariadnan ship. And the Ariadnan forces, there were a few battle reports dropping about, you know, Cosmoflot landing on the ships and, and fighting there. Uh, and it turned out that the lobsters started eating uh, dead bear pods that were on the ship. Mm. Um, and then uh, walruses turned up. And the walruses, the local walruses, really, really loved eating these uh, lobsters. So, unfortunately, contaminated by the bear pods, the local walruses started to get a bit out of control. And, uh, yeah, there's one of them feasting on lobster eggs during my game of area. <laughs> yeah. 
I also came up with the the design for the the full sanctioned Walrus Hunter there because I was thinking in in previous campaigns I've done patch designs, and I really wanted to do one for this, but um, yeah, didn't quite get there. Um, yeah, basically, John is indulging me talking about my Walrus now. Um, <laughs> he knows I want to talk about the Walrus. Yeah, I, I know, I know. <laughs> I've seen a lot of Walrus pictures. <laughs> Like this one. <laughs> um, yeah, so uh, I invented the giant walrus pode and uh, did a lot of mid-journey stuff and uh, propaganda stuff coming out there and uh, drove up to the RCR and, and talked to Cameron on the way and found an STL for a walrus and blew it up to a ridiculous size for an infinity table. Cameron helped me print it out and I... Uh, yeah, I got to work kind of carving away at it and sculpting a new face onto it. And um, yeah, we can probably launch on, yeah, here we go, hobby pictures. So th this was a really fun hobby project because I knew I had to finish it in, what, a week or two? Carve this thing out, put it back together and sculpt the face on so it would look like the random thing that I'd pulled out of the AI hive mind earlier on. Um, yeah, so hand sculpted the face, managed to get it primed up and based, and had a then a real, yeah, here it is. It's so big, it's huge, <laughs> yeah. Uh, and I wrote a mission for this as well that that was released, uh, basically based on the Mega Beast missions from Tag Raid. So, um, so there was a mission that I then I, I feel bad that I didn't even get to play that many of the missions that were part of the campaign because I wrote my own mission and insisted on playing that in phase two. Worth it. <laughs> so I kind of want to go back and play some more of the, the narrative missions. Luckily, I got to play Last Resort and Blockade Runner at the RCR and practice I mean, we, it. We forced the issue. <laughs> he did. And those were great missions. They were both really fun. So... Um, yeah, before this, I, I uh, teased a load of sort of full-sanctioned walrus hunter memes with various different famous walrus hunters or, or beast hunters from time. Like, uh, And Cameron pointed out that Octavia Grimsdottir was a, a harpooner. Mm -hmm. Did I send you that picture? You There's, did. Uh, uh, trolling people somewhere. Yeah, there you go. So I dumped a load of these pictures out there. Some of them have other... Um, yeah, other famous beast hunters. Yep, they're fairly silly, um, but clearly they all flocked into the campaign and were busy trying to hunt down the walrus. Uh. Yep, <laughs> that was my favorite because I yep. got to draw chalk walrus on my wall and then Photoshop it into the background. Yep. I mean that's like that's half the fun of the campaign, right? That was like basically all of Dragama for all of us. We just like made all these ridiculous memes and just kept posting them on Facebook. That's really, that's really what it what it ends up being. I mean, the campaign is just an opportunity for you to just sort of fly whatever freak freak flag you want to fly and enjoy enjoy the 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 experience in the way you want to enjoy it. Um, like that's I I 100% why I, I took uh, part in Dragama play the games that I want to play, 
but I mean, most of it is just like the the memeing. This <laughs> is so much fun. Yeah, the memeing and the RP and the, yeah. the community is definitely the fun thing. The the winning of the campaign kind of happens by accident if you get the other things going. Yeah, well. yeah, right. Well, I mean, I mean, it, it's it's sort of a self reinforcing thing, right? If you if you have a good meme game, that gets your faction excited. And then they sort of build on they they send their own memes and then everything kind of just sort of snowballs, and and you get to you get the, you get the momentum that you need. That's really what it is, right? Um, you just you get people excited and they want to play games because I mean I think um, Andrea was a great example. He was saying that you know he gets I think uh, a game every two months maybe, right? Mm. And and you know this is a pretty short campaign on that time kind of time scale, um, so to to get there are many other people in that situation right life gets in the way kids make things difficult right jobs moving things like adulting is just hard so like when are you going to find time to play these games and uh just getting people excited uh just to chat about it like who doesn't want to play a game with an enormous walrus right um so i think i think that's a, you know, a good a good time for sure yeah, I had more hobby time in the second phase than I actually had gaming time. I only yeah. managed to sneak out and get that final game in with Cameron. Oh, on the the collaboration and memeing though, do you have the ISS Pride image there? Yes, one moment, let me pull that up. Yeah, I mean, I th I think that's really the the big the big thing, right? Because the the reason this was so fun to do is because I was that was around the the game with um, Erin, mm -hmm. and. I went over there, played the game with her, and was just saying, wouldn't it be ridiculous if the ISS had a Pride announcement as well? Yeah, yeah. And like, oh, I've just written all the copy for you. <laughs> Here you go. Security, <laughs> affirmation, friendship, equality. Thank you. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, like, that's that's just so perfect, right? Because I was... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Like, yeah, what? the text from the CIA's pride post. Yeah, yeah, exactly, right? I mean, like, this stuff just writes itself. You don't need to do anything, right? This is, this is the world we live in today. Goodness. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Frank, Frank says the emperor supports love in all forms, as, as long as it conforms with the ideals of the Yujing nation. Yep. Also, so fun to get together with Aaron and Melanie. Uh, oh, yeah, they're the... so great. It's, it's yeah, always a hoot it. hanging out with them. Yeah, and, and obviously Cameron, who uh, 3D printed this walrus for me. Yeah. Um, that leads into the, the finale battle here, which I'd managed to create the, the boss fight for the campaign for myself, <laughs> where I get to <laughs> try and take down the giant walrus. Um and uh have we got some more photos from that hopefully oh yeah so um cameron had also been hobbying away on this and he'd painted up octavia so that he, just so he could bring her to this game yeah and amazingly he actually managed to kill the walrus here like i i dumped a bunch of damage into it enough to score points in the mission and then left it to see if it could eat half his army yep it kind of tied him down and caused a load of trouble for him, but he did manage to to fire a missile into it with Octavia and steal the kill from me. So there you go. So he got it, and then his uh, candy double uh, campaign persona 
managed to get a final interview with uh, with the CN right at the end of the game, mm-hmm. right at the end of the campaign for us. Um, but that that game was really really fun and just a joy then to go and write a stupid report and narrative from. Yep. So- I mean, just hanging out with Cameron is a, is a joy. <laughs> he's yeah, such a great human. Um, so if yeah. that, he's uh, Country Fried Minis, for those of you who don't know. So if you want to check him out, he's on YouTube as Country Fried Minis. Yeah, definitely plug his stuff. Uh, he also um, came along to one of the earlier games and had printed out the STLs of the, you know, the War Corps and the, um, the Helper Bot. So the campaign minis um so we all got those painted up as well but yeah cameron's great he's on the chat at the moment i think he was hanging in here for photos of his stuff at the end so <laughs> yeah right uh don't worry i i make sure to to show those excellent job as always but uh yeah i mean i it sounds like a great time i'm sad i missed it um it's uh it's, it sounded like a lot of fun i'm looking forward to the next one Sounds like they they might do something uh, just sort of a, as a palate cleanser, which I understand. They might try to do a campaign for another game system. Hopefully, it's one that I also play. Um, mm. But yeah, I mean, I'm I'm excited to just. I, I mean, I, I hope CB has a campaign soon to just try out. I should probably clear my like 18 battle report <laughs> backlog before that starts, or I'll be real sad. Um, but you know, definitely. A good time for sure. Even 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 the the uh, the mainline fully official CB uh, campaign is a good time if you're thinking if you're on the fence about playing in a campaign, do it. It's a good time. Uh, don't take yourself too seriously, um, you know. But it's it's just a lot of fun to engage with a, what what a great community of uh, players that Infinity brings together. Yeah, absolutely. I should thank. Um... One one more time, you know, uh, Filippo, Francesco, and Andrea for putting this together. They did an amazing job. Um, then I should also thank all of the the Yujing player community because they're always fun in these campaigns. There's the the Crisis Committee, committee uh, Philip von Cruz, Shuwen, and um, General Rui and Luca Girolami. Uh, they they did a great job and wrote some really good reports during this and were just fun to to play with as part of the team. Um, what else should I plug at this point? There are t-shirts. I have a t-shirt with a walrus on. There you go. But if you were playing in the campaign and you want t-shirts, there's a threadless store link that should be in um, the, yeah, it's kind of a walrus. I don't know. I'm not very good at this. I'm also a terrible model, so I'll put that away now. Um, yeah, if, okay. you, if you want a walrus t-shirt you can go buy one at the link I just posted in chat I'll put it in the show notes as well um, of course there's also uh, all of Pete's uh, prose right so you can go read his his, uh, his battle report that we just talked about right with uh, versus Cameron and the big walrus uh, it's uh, durianinspectors.tumblr.com so this is a good use for Tumblr <laughs> if you if you weren't interested in all of the uh, not safe for work content on Tumblr, you can also look at walruses. Um, so that's the thing you can do. Also, there's uh, Instagram.com and uh, the uh, the IG user is Durian Inspectors there as well. But with that, I think you've uh, you've you wasted a perfectly good evening listening to late night war games. Uh, thank you to Pete for joining me, uh, especially on evening that Adam is out. Um, 
if you're interested in uh, getting in contact with us, uh, please write into mailbag at latenightwargames.com. You can go to latenightwargames.com and get our Discord link to join and uh, and and get in touch with us directly. Um, that's probably the the most likely chance that you'll get uh, your message in front of our eyeballs because we're we do get a fair amount of uh, messages uh, from 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 folks. So that's the most likely way to do. Just add me and I'll I'll respond. Um, if you want to play Infinity in weird ways, you can check out BromanAcademy.com. We're of course here every first and third Tuesday of the month. Um, Talking about uh, any you know war game genre that uh, appeals to us, mostly of course Infinity and Heavy Gear, uh, heavy <laughs> for lack of a better term. Uh, we upload everything to YouTube and your favorite podcast app the day after, so you can get a chance to participate if you can't make the weird 8:30 p.m. Pacific time, which nobody can make, including us. See Adam's absence right as evidence. Um, if you like what we do, you can of course. Uh, join us on Patreon or become a Twitch subscriber. Either way helps us, uh, you know, cover any kind of costs we need to cover for equipment or hosting and that kind of thing. And of course, thank you to our sponsors: DreamPod, Nine, Shiv Games, Corvus Belly Board, and Brew and Brutal Cities. Um, you can catch us on Facebook, YouTube, anywhere else that you would find us on the inner tubes. Uh, if you like, if you like the show, click all the buttons that that tell tell all the social media giants that you like us: five stars, clovers, hearts, balloons, that kind of things. Um, but yeah, we're we're just here to hang out. Um, we we love to interact with the community. We have a lot of exciting things coming. Um, Adam uh, is going to be a trooper and and uh, make his way to Gen Con and be our reporter in the field. So I told him to take some B rolls. We can show you that <laughs> when he comes back. So uh, the plan is for next episode to be about Gen Con and all the fun and exciting events that happen there. Um, but really, uh, we're we're excited to to just sharing the love of the hobby we, we all partake in. So with that, um, anything you'd like to plug, Pete? Uh, nothing in particular. All um, right. Uh, thank you to everyone, and uh, thanks for indulging all my walrus nonsense from the Durian Inspection Unit HQ here. And uh, I'll yeah. see you around. Well, cheers, everybody. Take care. Stay safe out there, and we'll see you next time. Have a good night. Won't you play games with me? And I like to do everyone. That's what I like to do. That's what I like to do. That's what I really like to do. That's what I really like to do.